0: Good evening, everyone. Happy Tuesday. You are tuned into another episode of Styles and Driss, And we are coming to you live and direct from Casa de Styles,
1: a.k.a. the Bat Cave.
0: And if this was video, you'd probably be looking at me thinking, like, what the fuck? This guy didn't say it right with the right accent. How is this Mexican guy Mexican? And I would clearly say, go fuck yourself (laughs) because I am Filipino. Which is basically, like, the Mexicans of Asia, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. Or they are the Asians of... Never mind. (laughs) of Central America. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Central America or South America, whatever. (laughs) Anyways. Everything is going crazy right now. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. (laughs) There's uh, so many... There are so many things, so many uh, events happening, so many Mm -hmm. changes happening. It's... It's insane, which is why um, normally I would have waited to record this until like a Sunday mm-hmm. or something. But um, but this is basically like an emergency podcast, yeah, because because of all the things that are happening, all the and promotions, all the promotions, all good shit. Yeah, you know, there's nothing bad, honestly. It's all good stuff, but. Why don't you go ahead and, and lead it off?
1: <coughs> oh, excuse me. <clears throat> yeah, so uh, promotions. Um, so this upcoming Friday, today is the 15th of um, Tuesday, and um, on uh, Friday I'm going to be performing, uh, doing a DJ set over at the uh, Riva Patio, which is the fourth floor of the Four Seasons Hotel in downtown Minneapolis, and Excuse me, I'm going to be playing from 7, uh, 7 p.m. until 11 p.m. Um, let's see. Then um, we've got the following Friday, which would be Friday the 25th. That is going to be Flow State. So that will be um, yours truly, as well as Ozzy Driss, a.k.a. OD4, and our boy Tiberius. And we were going to be spinning over at the Minneapolis Eagles 34 in South Minneapolis. Um What's the... Uh, I keep forgetting the address off the top of my head here.
0: Um, mm. It is... Let's take a look while I scroll through Instagram. Right. It is... And now it's a matter of, like, which... It is 2507 East 25th Street in Minneapolis.
1: Correct. Um, I think it's, like, a block away from memory lanes. So if anybody's an avid bowler, then you know that it's going to be right down the street. Yeah, you'll know
0: where it's at. There's a lot of parking. There's a lot of street parking. Mm -hmm. But I guarantee you'll find a parking space in the parking lot.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And then, um, let's see, that following day, um, I I guess I'm going to be doing another DJ set. Um, I I don't know if I'm going to be doing DJ set and sound or if I'm just going to be doing just a straight-up DJ set. But uh, there's going to be a Summer Cipher uh, pop up over at the uh, Black Youth Healing uh, Center in St. Paul as well. So I'm going to be out there um, uh, cutting it up on the ones and twos. And then, um, let's see here, um, and then September 1st, uh, Friday, September 1st, um, uh, myself and OD4 are also going to be doing a, a, a versus or a back-to-back, uh, depending on, what generation you come from, um, over at the illustrious House Proud at Beast Barbecue over in um, uh, Northeast Minneapolis. That, that's that's Northeast, right? Yep. Yeah, that's Northeast at Beast Barbecue. <clears throat> so we're going to be uh, getting down out there and doing... Um, Back to back set along with uh, who is it? Uh, Jeff Swift and um,
0: I think it's Broadway Joe.
1: Broadway Joe, I think, or Jones. Jones. Broadway, Broadway Jones. Yeah. So I guess uh, they'll be doing their their uh, their B 2 B, and then we'll be doing our B 2 B. So um, yeah, man. I mean, it's just like everything has just been picking up. And then oh, and then also earlier that night, I'll be also performing at Riva uh, from 7 p.m. until 11 p.m. and then hightailing it over to Beast Barbecue and then. Mm-hmm. doing that. So if you miss my set or you can't make it to uh, Riva, then you can definitely uh, catch me out there uh, or vice versa. So,
0: Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> so that's just like one of the many things that we have going on, right? Yeah. Um, announcements on my end. Mm-hmm. So, one, I'm going to start teaching again. Um, I'll be teaching from the workroom starting September. Um, it's going to be fun. Uh, I think it's September, let's see, it's 20th and Wednesday, 21st, 22nd. Mm -hmm. So that Friday I'll be teaching. Um, I think it'll go from like 8 to Mm 9, and then 9 p.m. is when house session starts. Okay. So I'll be putting in a few hours at the workroom. Nice. Which will be fun. Yeah. Um, You know, and it... Nobody asked me to do it. I, I actually like just thought of it one day and I was like, shit, you know, that one thing I've been doing a lot at sessions is just, I've just been going over basics with yeah people that show up and that are new to it. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking in my head, like, man, you know, I, I do kind of miss that, that feeling of teaching because right. one thing it did <clears throat> for me is it kept me sharp mm-hmm. with, with the dance itself. Right. And, and, you know, I think I was just at my best as a dancer when I was teaching, not mm-hmm. creatively, creatively, but, um, creatively. Yeah. But, uh, but just in like the best condition ones because uh, i'm one of those teachers that likes to suffer with my students Mm -hmm. so like whatever shit i put them through i'm going through as well Mm -hmm. um unless i'm like injured or sore or something like that but i usually like to go through the get into the trenches with them Mm -hmm. uh so that's on the dance tip for me i'll be teaching house again Mm -hmm. at the workroom. shout out to ashley for giving me the opportunity yeah it's going to be happening every other um friday mm-hmm. is when i'll be teaching okay so think of it as like maybe two or three fridays a month mm-hmm. um and then i am actually going to be djing at the east street crossing again september 20th so that's a wednesday i think there's a private party going on okay uh by flagship bank but i'm not sure mm-hmm. either way i'm going to be there um i'm gonna i'm pretty much going to do exactly same type of set that i did last time mm-hmm. when i was spinning there it was more of like hip-hop um hip house yeah. type of electro
1: r&b and b type slow of deal. jams and shit
0: yeah you know like that's <clears throat> i've always felt like that's what east street crossing that's what fits the vibe there mm-hmm. you know especially towards the evening right so i'm going to be doing that um
1: what, what time is that again
0: i think that's from six to close
1: which is what it's like one? six to ten. Oh, okay
0: yeah six to ten or six to eleven okay uh because you know it's a wednesday okay um so I'll be doing that. Mm-hmm. What else is going on? Oh, I'm leaving Caspian Group. I announced it today. So that's my the commercial real estate company that I'm part of mm-hmm. or that I, that I'm working for, or previously worked for. My mm-hmm. last day is on Monday next week. Talked to the CEO today. It was gut wrenching, but you know what? The cool thing is that he was super supportive. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been like looming on my mind for quite some time and then it's just like, fuck dude. Like, do I stay? Do I go? Yeah. What, uh, what do I do? And it just makes a whole lot of sense for me to leave. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I'll be doing that and I'm going to be going on to a company called wing group, uh, which is started by one of my best friends. Um, you know, and he didn't recruit me by all means. It was more a decision I made where I'm like, Hey, can I join you? Mm -hmm. You know, because it just makes sense at this point in my career in commercial real estate that, you know, like, it's just better for me to stick with you because right. you're the one that honestly brought me on to Caspian Group. He mm-hmm. was one of the VPs in yeah. Caspian Group. You're the one that brought me on to Caspian Group. You're the one that continues to teach me and also, you know, get me, like, certain deals. Not get me fully, not fully get me deals, but, like, you know, um, a lot of the opportunity for me is around that, around the energy that he's bringing into, yeah. into the scene. So I'm just like... Right, right. You know, why, why would I, and not saying that Caspian group can't give me the same t- opportunities or I can't mm-hmm. gain this o- the same opportunities. It's just, you know, he was already like considered a mentor of mine within that company. Mm-hmm. So why would I, yeah, the chemistry is already there.
1: Yeah. I mean, and, and also it doesn't, uh, it doesn't hurt that it's like if you, it's kind of like you're, when you're battling with somebody it's like somebody that you know and you can trust you know their rhythms and they know yours so you're able to play to each other's strengths versus going completely into a brand new scenario and maybe the chemistry isn't right or the person doesn't know your methods or you don't know theirs and it takes like a, a time for like adjusting right but if you are leaving some place and like let's say you're you're um uh, same thing happens a lot with, like, you know, people who've, like, worked together in, like, certain kitchens, and maybe the <clears throat> the, the head chef goes off and, like, gets someplace else uh, another opportunity going, and they say, well, hey, I'd like to bring you on as my sous chef, you know, would you be down? And the person's like, fuck yeah, like, in a New York minute, I'll do that. Mm. So, yeah, that's that, that that's a smart play, because, you know, most of the time people are just going to, like, jump off into the, the ether and, you know, look around for something, and maybe they have to go, like, five, six different places before they finally find like a niche that they're happy with so
0: right and you know honestly nothing's really changing with my mm-hmm. with my relationship and the people of caspian group you know i'm still gonna get due deals with them because mm-hmm. um, the thing in commercial real estate is that everyone needs each other mm-hmm. you know it's not like uh, it's especially here in minnesota it's not it's honestly not like uh you know i'm gonna backstab you not saying that that doesn't happen mm-hmm. um but for the most part everyone needs each other here right like we needed we need to work together to get deals done because Mm -hmm. we all represent different types of people right not everyone is represented by the same person Mm -hmm. right or the same company so we need to work together yeah to get shit done um so is the only thing is you know i'm just going to be doing other deals on another scale and another company is going to be holding my license that's all it is but you know the I, you know, I love the CEO of Caspian Group. You know, right away he was just like, you yeah, know, I, I get it, you know, and I think that is the best thing for you to do. Mm-hmm. That's what I would do. Mm-hmm. He's like, anytime you're, like, family here, so and you've been family here, you know, like, anytime you feel like you just want to go into a spot just to work, mm-hmm. you're always welcome here. That's cool. And, whatnot. You know, and that was very meaningful. Mm-hmm. Like, I almost teared the fuck up. And I was like, yeah. shit, dude. <laughs> like, but, yeah, it's it's all love right Yeah." And uh, I'm just glad that the CEO is very supportive, mm-hmm. and I'm glad that I got this weight off my shoulders. Mm-hmm. So now, now I think about it, and I'm like, "Fuck, my life is gonna get super busy now. Yeah. Like, it's gonna be even more busy than it is right now because for one, I'm moving into a startup, mm-hmm. and this is the point where everyone has to play, has to wear a bunch of hats. Yeah, because it's like, fuck, dude, like this. The company literally just started." three or four days ago. Yeah. (laughs) There's only two people in the company so far. It's Mm -hmm. the two people that found it. Mm -hmm. I'm probably going to be the first broker that gets licensed. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just, holy shit. (laughs) But I'm, I know it's i I'm going to have fun with it. It's going to be a good time. I'm going to learn a lot. Um, I'm going to get better because of it. You know, in a sense, it's like more, more like more than ever. I'm going to have to man up on another level now. Mm-hmm. You know, and just take responsibility and um and get ready to take some hits cuz it's coming, mm-hmm. you know, but with that comes a high reward. Right. You know, cuz in thicker skin cuz mm-hmm. now it's like, fuck dude. Like it's truly all on me. Yeah. You know.
1: Yeah, and you know, I um <clears throat> I, I do uh, I do respect that that decision that you're making because um most of the time, when people are, you know, playing it safe, they also aren't just playing it safe for themselves. They're playing it safe for like the sake of other people that they work for as well. And again, you know, nothing, uh, nothing risk, nothing gained. Mm-hmm. And um, you're, you're you're basically just taking um, your your personal work situation, and you're just you're leveling up at this point. As opposed to being in a place that's like a little bit more big and more established where you go, you almost have the advantage of like the power in numbers. Mm-hmm. Where it's like you kind of, not necessarily like you hide behind your uh, your crew or the, the staff. But it's like, it's a little bit cushier because there's so many other people that are there. Right. But the downside about that is that you also have to, you have to distribute a lot more evenly because there's so many other mouths to feed and so many other people they're working under that umbrella. Yeah. But if it's down to like you were saying like a startup, then mm. yeah, the the risk is going to be really high, but then also the reward is going to be you know, just right. as high or if not better.
0: Yeah, cuz you know, at the current company there's like over 20 brokers mm-hmm. that are there. And you know, it, the nice thing about being in a that it's a boutique <clears throat> bro- brokerage is what that is, too. Mm. The current Caspian Group is boutique, so it's not like these like major companies where you literally only focus on one thing in commercial real estate. Right. You know, in boutique brokerages, you focus on everything. Yeah. And the nice thing about Caspian is that they gave you the freedom to like really just see what you like, right? And shit. And if okay, well, if you wanna, if you wanna do leasing, you can do leasing. Or mm-hmm. if you wanna do landlord rep, you can represent landlords. Or you have that power. You have that option. If you mm-hmm. wanna go into investments, you can do investments. And it's the same shit that's going to be happening for the Wind Group. Um, but you know, I think it's more so with, uh, Marshall's clients, Mm -hmm. who's the guy that founded it and you know, with, uh, with his clients, they're, they're pretty, pretty big. You know, Mm -hmm. they, they have a mission to open up a number of lifestyle centers across the, across the nation and Mm -hmm. they're already doing it. Yeah. You know, and it's like, now it's, I can really dig deep and see what that all entails and whatnot and. I've been wanting to transition a lot into investments, mm-hmm. you know, cause that's where the numbers come into play. And I right. want, and I've always wanted to be really good at numbers, mm-hmm. you know, especially in commercial real estate. Cause I mean, shit, dude, like the numbers is what, what dictates the money, mm-hmm. you know, it dictates the cash that you really, you truly make. So if you're not good at that, if you're not good at that, it's like, fuck man. I mean, sure. You can do leasing. You make a shitload of money from leasing. You know, you can do all, you can represent all these businesses, but if you don't go into investments, at the end all be all, the point is to own something, right? You know, like as you get older, you should start owning things mm-hmm. rather than, you know, leasing shit out, mm-hmm. or not owning anything at right. all. Right. So it's, you know, it's something that I'm pretty excited about. Hell yeah, yeah. Um, on another note too, speaking of owning things, uh. We're pretty well. Looks like things are going pretty well. So I, uh, I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. I'm in the midst of purchasing a building, a warehouse next month, mm-hmm. uh, with some of my partners. We're gonna be closing on it. It's like a 30,000 square foot warehouse, fully, fully leased out and everything. Um, but it's, it's gonna be exciting, mm-hmm. and I, I can't fucking wait. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's, yeah. It's insane. Yeah. Um, if you're listening to this and you want to know more, just hit me up and I can really talk you through it. Mm -hmm. But I literally put no money down in this deal and we're getting the building for just around 2 million Mm -hmm. and I didn't put any money down Mm -hmm. whatsoever. And if you want to know how I didn't put any money down, just hit me up and again, I'll walk you through it. Mm -hmm. But fuck, it's crazy. Like, we're we're literally close to our closing day, and it's like, holy shit, mm-hmm. can't believe this is happening. Right. Now, what, what, I don't know, if one of the tents leaves, 4,000 square foot space vacant, who knows what I might do. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, keep that in the back <laughs> of your mind. Yeah. <laughs> but it's in Bloomington, mm-hmm. so it's centralized and everything, and yep. yeah, it'll be fun. Hell yeah. Um, shout out to Littlefoot. Yep, Littlefoot was just recently here. Unfortunately, we didn't have enough time to do a podcast episode with them. Yeah, um, we have <laughs> we're gonna be making some moves with Littlefoot out here. If you know who he is, you know, big surprise. It's gonna be a restaurant. Uh, we won't really go over the kind of concept it'll be. Just know that it's gonna be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and some of their favorite people in this world and here in Minnesota in the scene are going to be running it. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's about to be a good fucking time. Yeah. So shout out to Little fall. He's out here. We're hitting up all these restaurants, all these mm-hmm. food, food halls and just like getting ideas and figuring shit out. And man, it's about to be nuts. Oh yeah. But I will share this though. There will eventually be a pop-up. I won't say when, but there will be a pop-up that we'll announce eventually. And it's basically going to, Entail foot cooking. I mm-hmm. uh, won't tell you what it is. Me spinning, and it's going to be a good fucking time. Mm-hmm. It's going to be outdoors. It's. Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait. A lot of shit going on. Yeah. <laughs> mm. But on the dance tip, man, dance is. It's kind of hard to keep up now. Yeah. Nowadays. Yeah. Like, I don't even, I don't even know. (laughs) (laughs) There's so much shit going on. Yeah. How are you feeling about dance lately?
1: Um, actually, I've been, um, I've been falling back in love with it. And I think a big portion of it has been, um, because of the, um, I just, I just turned 42. Um. On August first, yep. Happy belated birthday! Thank you, thank you. Um, and I kind of made a promise to myself where it was sort of like um, you know, sometimes like people will say this stuff, like when uh, when they're getting ready to like do something very like life changing, like they're going to go into you know um, rehab or something like that, where they, they're like, "I am sick and tired of being sick and tired." Well, I was kind of in that mindset because. Um, I was just really tired of the, uh, residual pain that I'd been feeling like physically from, um, from my lower back and, you know, my sciatica and everything. And I, I was kind of like at that, at that point where I was almost like, am I going to be bowing out gracefully from dance altogether or, or what? Cause I was just like, I just was not feeling comfortable. Even, even if I go to practice and I was trying to do like minimal stuff, I would feel for like the next couple of days. And, um, <clears throat> and it was starting to concern me because I was like, okay, well, then all all I, that I have left aside from that is going to be DJing and not so much saying that like that I'm, you know, that I'm upset about that or anything or that it's like, oh, God, DJing is like a second option. No, that, not at all. I love DJing. But it's just that, you know, part of the reason why I DJ is because I dance and vice versa. So it's kind of, you know, it's like left foot and right foot. Right. It doesn't make sense just to exist on like one plane for me because, you know, I, um, I love doing both of those things equally. Um, and I just, I I restructured a lot of my personal training that I was doing because what I kind of found myself doing was not necessarily like re-injuring myself, but just, um, I would go and I'd work out at the gym, um, regularly And then by the time that I was like ready to dance, I just, I just didn't have anything else like left in the tank. And I felt like just slower and, you know, uh, more pain and everything. So I decided to make this change where I'm doing primarily, if not mostly calisthenics. So everything that I'm doing is all body weight related, uh, ups, pull-ups, uh, squats, dips, um, uh, ring work with, uh, uh, gymnastics rings and, um, things like that and then some some weight stuff but only for like you know things where it's like you can't necessarily do that all with just body weight alone so you know kettlebell uh things like that um and at, for like the last because uh, what what today is the 14th the 15th
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah so the, today is the 15th so like for the last two weeks i've just been noticing like a, an overall change in my conditioning. Um, And I've noticed that I've been like, every day has been better than the last as far as like less and less pain. Um, I've also been doing like a lot of like prehab rehab um, exercises, um, a lot of stuff using like uh, resistance bands and the kind of stuff that it's like you would go through physical therapy. And then after that, you go back to like weight training. I'm only focusing on like the physical therapy stuff and working like the finer muscles, the tendons, the ligaments, And stuff like that and then like doing like spinal decompression and um things like that and i've been getting like just better and better and i've been um i mean like the last couple weekends uh that we've had session i've been dancing better than i i've felt like in a long time um also last week when foot was here um i was doing a lot more ground techs than i like ever do like i'm (laughs) i was kind of a you know like a like a cat Next to like a body of water. Every time I would like even think about hitting the floor, I'd be like, oh god, I really don't want to do this because it's gonna feel sloppy, and then I'm gonna get up and it's gonna hurt. And now I'm getting more comfortable with getting contact with the uh, the ground again. That's good. So it's it's been great. I mean, I think I I still got to be mindful and cautious not to do anything like reckless or stupid or think you know yeah I got you know oh I'll throw tap mills right now because. <laughs> Shit. You know, because <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. Um, but little by little, I'm just getting myself back into um, that overall ability to be able to, like, uh, push or pull my body weight in every direction mm-hmm. and not have, like, that, you know, searing, like, fiery pain running from, like, my tailbone all the way down my leg right. like I was. Um, another big thing was because um, I, I work for um, – I, I remote uh, to work every day like I, I don't physically go to an office and when I used to be at my office the advantage about my office was that I had like a standing desk you know where I could change the height of the desk at any given time so I could be like sitting for you know 20-30 minutes and then raise the desk and stand up well I don't have that luxury here at home so I have to be more conscious of it which is also good because it makes me a little bit more accountable about like moving mm-hmm. and Um, so like every 25, 30 minutes, I'm doing something. I'm either doing push ups or I'm doing pull-ups or I'm doing dips or I'm doing squats or I'm stretching. And I'm just kind of like saying like, okay, so in this eight hours that I'm working, it's not going to be eight hours. And then as soon as I'm done with work, now I get to go and work out. It's like, I'm going to be this way all the way through. And then by the time that I'm like done with work, then I'm kind of just, you know, ready to go with whatever else. So like I go to session and it, it doesn't feel like I'm I'm not starting from like you know zero momentum right I've already kind of been moving about throughout my day mm-hmm. so when I go to practice I don't feel like oh my god now I gotta kind of wake myself up and you know get into the mood of dancing it's like I'm like, I'm kind of like ready to go when I get there That's I good. just do like a light warm-up and then I work on you know fundamentals or I work on uh texts or things that I'm trying to uh get at and then of course like you know we cipher um which I also appreciate um, with you and Ty because uh, you guys hold me accountable. And also, shout out to all the a lot of the the um, the new cats that have been coming out to the yeah. sessions mm-hmm. because um, you know sometimes like the scene can only be as good as the people that are helping to prop it up. Yep. And it's really nice when you get some new blood. You get people that maybe bring a, a different perspective yep. or a different mentality to the dance because it might wake, uh, it might wake something up within you mm-hmm. or maybe, um, maybe you were playing it a little bit too safe and kind of just doing like what you're good at. But then like when somebody else new shows up, then, you know, you notice that they're, they're going, they're getting after like a certain tech and you go, yeah, I, I think I need to work on that more. Yeah. You know,
0: it, it definitely brings your creative juices out. Yeah. <laughs> creative juices. Um, yeah,
1: <laughs> We could like, even go one episode without you like, making a uh, no. I just low I joke. literally
0: just pulled a stepchild because. Mm-hmm. <laughs> gosh, damn. Maybe it's because I'm in Brooklyn Park and he mm-hmm. lives here in Brooklyn Park. Yeah. Um. Anyways, shout out to to Anna and Bryn. Mm-hmm. You know, Anna has um, been my most recent student, mm-hmm. um, we've been going over basics. I've been showing our moves and whatnot. Um and. You know, kind of like walking her through stuff, mm-hmm. literally gave me the spark to want to teach again, because mm-hmm. I'm already doing it anyways. Yeah. And a shout-out to Bryn, because Bryn is the reason to why there's a lot of new heads yeah. that are coming through. Yep. Um, I think a lot of these guys, they're more so in the choreo, K-pop, and whatnot. And, you know, Bryn is just literally holding it down and mm-hmm. saying, like, look, dude, if you guys want to get good at dance you got to go through different styles now i'm hoping that they're not just passing house through right passing through house it doesn't sound like it doesn't feel like it because they're constantly at the sessions, right it's like kind of weekly yeah if not all of them at least one of them mm-hmm. um so that's pretty nice you know to have to have a uh, new blood mm-hmm. um, at the sessions and it And they're all younger too, you know, so it just like, man, it it motivates you to Mm want to try and hang with them and hang with their energy Mm -hmm. and to want to like kind of relearn shit as well because I don't know about a lot of teachers, but, you know, I'm one of the teachers that actually relearns a move once I teach it again Mm -hmm. because I'm like, oh shit, you know, maybe maybe this step actually works better. I'm not like saying that out loud, but in my head I'm like, oh, this actually makes the most sense. Mm -hmm. Um, Like last week... Right. Maybe been a couple of weeks before that I, I re-taught the loose legs, mm-hmm. and I was like going through the motions of it. I'm like, oh, this actually makes way more sense. Right. And I seen all the people that I was teaching were like picking it up fast. Yeah. Yep. Um One person I noticed who does that, who will change up the way they explain things, is Jardy. Mm-hmm. Like if you watch some of his recent videos every now and then he'll show up on my YouTube feed and I'm like, Mm -hmm. Oh, I know this guy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Let me see what he's been up to. Right. Um, and I'll watch like, I think he just recently retaught the loose legs. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, this is completely different from what you did Mm -hmm. like 15 years ago. Yeah. You know, or whatnot. I'm like, yeah, so different. Um, but it just makes sense, you know, like you, you evolve along mm-hmm. the way as a dancer right. and as a teacher, and you just find easier ways to communicate and to articulate things to people. Right. Uh, which is the beauty behind yep. it, you know, behind teaching. Um, shout out to Steve, uh, to Steve Duran, mm-hmm. a.k.a. the Golf Master. So this dude entered his first PGA sanctioned event uh, yesterday. Um, and it was at Hazeltine national, which is a prestige golf course in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. Like if you're familiar with golf, like the Ryder cup has been held there. It's going to be held there again in 2029. The U S amateur is going to be held there this year. Like it is such a beautiful fucking golf course, but with beauty comes a son of a bitch because it is extremely difficult. Mm -hmm. Like yesterday, I literally walked with him through the whole round through this whole round. Mm -hmm. I walked with him. Um, I was like part of his gallery. I was spectating Mm -hmm. and the winds were high. Uh, If you live in Minnesota, you know that the rain, there was rain in the morning. Mm -hmm. Like it was just shitty and he hit some fucking phenomenal shots. Yeah. Um, If you look it up, like I think it's like the PGA association, like you'll see like the scores. Uh, Yeah. He didn't score the way he wanted to, Mm -hmm. but there's like a couple things to factor into this one. Um, it's a PGA event, but Mm -hmm. it's not a PGA tour event. So there weren't like four rounds, right? You know, like it was only one round Mm -hmm. and you know, you shot a 90, Mm -hmm. which is not the greatest, but in those conditions, in my opinion, it's acceptable. Right. I mean, if you shot a 90 in those conditions, I probably would have shot a damn near like one (laughs) fifty, Right. (laughs) It's just like, not good. Mm Um, but, dude, like – but I told him, you know, and we had a conversation afterwards because I think he was a little upset. Well, he was upset mm-hmm. about the way – about his score. Uh, it's almost like, dude, if you had four rounds, I'm pretty sure you would have been in the top ten mm-hmm. by Sunday. Right. You would have been in the fucking top ten of that or four rounds by, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. By Thursday, you would have been in the top ten. Yeah. You know, because – you're fucking good, dude. You got mm-hmm. it. You got the juice. Mm-hmm. You know, you got that shit. You yep. know, like there's there's nothing to prove here. Like you are literally one of the top. Right. It's just the world hasn't seen it yet. Right. You know, and so shout out to him. Hit a lot of good shots. Mm-hmm. Um, the other day, uh, a fr- he's more like an acquaintance. This guy, he's he he's in real estate. Mm-hmm. He does a lot of real estate investing. Owns a lot of single family homes and whatnot and um airbnb he he airbnbs it out mm-hmm. you know, he's part of like those people that generation of people just buy homes and put it up for airbnb mm-hmm. smart lucrative as hell mm-hmm. uh he started getting into golf mm-hmm. post up his swing and right away he put you know i'm open to criticism and when somebody posts that all right away i'll give him advice right like i don't like to give people advice when they're not asking for it mm-hmm. you know like Unless they fucking desperately need it. And I'm like, hey, dude. Right. Do you need some help? <laughs> like, Other than that, like, I hate, I hate it when people fucking just come to me and be like, let me tell you what you're doing wrong. Like, motherfucker, did I ask you what I was right. doing wrong? Yeah. Like, I'm, let me work through this shit. Dude. Mm-hmm. I'm an instructor too. Like, right. I know how to work my body. I know how to figure stuff out. Right. Let me figure it out. And if I really desperately need help, I will fucking ask you. Mm-hmm. But anyways, he posted like, I'm open to criticism. So I told him what was wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like. Well, you know, it looks like you're closing in through impact and the follow through, you're kind of closing in. You're not extending your arms out. You're not holding your arms out like a triangle. Shit that Steve has taught me that mm-hmm. I've struggled with myself, right. which is why I could relate to the guy. Mm-hmm. And right away, he was like, man, I paid someone money just for them to say I look good. Yeah. And here you are telling me exactly what's wrong and what I need to hear. Right. <laughs> He's like, have you ever thought about... Ins- becoming a golf instructor he's like because if you do or if you have and if you do become one i'd love to be your first student Mm -hmm. you know like literally yeah i'll fucking pay you money for it right i was like well i thought about it because i do love the game that much to Mm -hmm. where you know eventually i want to learn how to teach it Mm -hmm. um am i qualified i don't know Mm -hmm. but i i am an instructor in different areas right so I don't see why I couldn't relate to this, or mm-hmm. why I couldn't, you know, bring that mindset and that idea into golf, you know, especially if I fucking play it so much, right? So, you know, it's something that's been looming in my head, but I know there's like a number of things you have to do. Yeah, it's not like you literally have to pay dues. Yeah, you know, and and it's I think of it as like dance, where people you don't just be, I mean, you can, mm-hmm. but. You'll get shit for it along the way, right? right? Um, because the dance scene is ruthless. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just people will call you out and shh, get blasted quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, where I think in golf, you can honestly get away with it, right? I mean, well, what, I mean, case in point, the, the guy just said, you know, he was like, he, he pays he good paid, money. He paid good money to someone to just fucking for that person to just be like, oh yeah, you look good.
1: Well, I mean, it's it's like the Sam Jackson quote: just because you pour uh, maple syrup on shit, don't make it pancakes. Right. So, hey. you know, you need to have like real like objective truth be served to you on like the coldest possible dish Mm -hmm. so that way your game can get better as opposed to like well i don't want to lose my clientele so what do i got to do to like keep you tethered in same shit happens in martial arts you know it's like there's a lot of mcdojos where the guy will kind of keep everybody at like a certain level and then, of course, he's always got some secret trick or some secret move that he promises that he'll teach only like the elite. But it's just a way to make sure that your students never leave and outgrow you, and they always feel like very codependent. Like, well, I can't, I can't leave daddy because you know he he's got the you know the whatever the super secret thing that's going to take me to the next level. Yeah. But you're never going to get out of like you know Wichita or wherever the fuck mall karate place you're you're at right mm-hmm. so yeah I mean I, I I totally get that so that's it's good though because at least you are multifaceted enough to where you also will give yourself that objective truth and know when you need to pump the brakes or when you say oh no I, I can I can do this because there's a lot of other folks that are you know they they're like overly qualified but they even they keep themselves down or hold themselves back because they're like well i don't want to step on any toes or i don't want to be you know uh i don't want to seem like an upstart or anything and you're like you've been doing this for 15 years you know you you should be teaching it's like oh well you know but you know i don't feel like i really paid my dues and stuff and you're like motherfucker if you're not careful your entire life is going to pass you by because you were waiting for Whatever that opportunity was that you thought, like you, you kind of developed this thing in your mind of like this is how it's going to be, but you don't realize you've been doing it. It's a Wizard of Oz thing, you know. Right. You've, you've, so
0: like, if you're too careful,
1: right? You know. You know? Like, so maybe. you got to find that 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 balance between the two uh, polarities. Sometimes you just got to go for it. Yeah, exactly. You
0: know? like, so for me, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to necessarily because he wants to meet up, mm-hmm. go to the range and then play around. Yeah, I'm not going to charge him money. I'm going to mm-hmm. well, the only thing I'm going to say, dude, okay, and. In exchange for me just running, like, quick basics, quick basic technique with you, uh, you can just go ahead and pay for my round. Mm-hmm. Easy enough. You know? Like, and the round will be, like, nine holes. So, mm-hmm. like, what, fucking 20 bucks. Yeah. You know? And, like, because, honestly, I'm up to that point where, and I've been throwing a lot of students at Steve. Mm-hmm. I don't know if a lot of them have been showing up, but, you know, mm-hmm. I give him a good amount of leads. And when I but he's a busy guy, mm-hmm. and he, so, sometimes his schedule gets full. And I gets full, and I mm-hmm. hate it. Like when people don't learn from him, right? Because I'm like, dude, like he is honestly the greatest fucking coach mm-hmm. out there. That right. anyone can ever ask for. Like he could dissect a problem so fast. Because if you've ever talked to him, he talks fucking fast. Mm-hmm. You know, like right. he's been on this podcast. He this dude can go 100 miles per <laughs> 100 miles an hour. But that's because of how his brain works. Like the mm-hmm. dude can literally figure shit out quick, right? Um, and and it's insane. Yeah, you know, where me, like, I would have to honestly watch her swing a few times, mm-hmm. or I'd have to. Re- I don't know. Maybe I'm like that with dance. Mm-hmm. Like dance, I can actually like figure shit out quick and yeah. see what you're doing wrong fast, and just be like, okay, this is what you need to do. Mm-hmm. You know, like, or this is where I'm. This is what I would do if I was in your position, right? And see what you see if you can work it. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, a lot of it is repetition, too. Yeah. Right? Just with anything you learn. And it could be golf, martial arts, dance, what have you. If you keep on repeating the same thing over and over again, mm-hmm. you know, as long as it doesn't hurt you, right, you're going to get something good out of it. Yeah. And I think what a lot of people do is, like, they only do it five times. Mm-hmm. When they should be doing it 20 to 30 to maybe even 100 times. Right.
1: With caution. Well, I mean, it's the... You know, it's the thing that, like, you know, that was said about, like, don't fear the man that knows a thousand kicks, you know, fear the man who practices one kick a thousand times. Exactly. So, you know, um, another, another prime example of that with House is that I, I think you've also grown as, um, as an experienced dancer to where you also have the ability to not just, like, look at people and say, well, because you don't look like me, you're not doing it right. You also have that objective eye to where you can say, well, they might not be doing the loose legs in, like, the conventionally correct sense, but they've got rhythm, they've got style, and it, it's, like, aesthetic. It, it looks good. Yeah. So, you know, this actually, I'm not going to try to, like, tell them, okay, well, you have to, like, relearn this mm. in a completely opposite way. It's like it's working for you. And, um, there's sometimes, um, there'll be dancers that will have like done that for a while and then they come back to you and they say, um, I know that I have like my signature way of doing something, but I'd really like to go back to like learning the basics. And then you can say, okay, yeah, sure. I'll show you like the basic technique. Yeah. Like, like, you know, maybe, maybe they, they learn how to write numbers in like reverse order. Mm -hmm. You know, they start in like the bottom and they work their way to the top or they work from like the right to the left. But you know, they, a, a two looks like a two, a five looks like a five. Well,
0: they fucking wrote, they learned cursive first before basic actual writing. Yeah, yeah. So basic like penmanship, right? <laughs> so now
1: it's like you're you're having to go back there and kind of say, okay, well, what you you can do this like very fluidly, but if you were to slow this down, you probably would struggle, right? And the person's yeah. like, yeah, and then you're you're like, well, here, I'm going to show you how this goes, like you know, A B C and one two three, mm-hmm. and um, but at the same time, like you know, we've had discussions about this too, like even when I've questioned things, when I say like, does, you know, is my, does my footwork look okay? Or, you know, um, how was my interpretation of that, of that track? Or, you know, when I did that go out, how, how was that? And you were like, actually that, that looked good. And maybe I might've been second guessing myself, but you were able to see something in it that maybe even I was missing. Cause I was thinking like, I, mm-hmm. I'm not looking like how I, think it's supposed to look mm-hmm. um but then of course somebody else will see it from a different angle yeah i well it's, it's perspective right right
0: like once so what turns out i was just saying with, with so for me like i'm not really i'm not big on traditional technique unless you're trying to eventually teach this dance yeah. that's when i'm very strict on it mm-hmm. because to me, it's like, you know, if I get a casual student, they casually just want to learn house and go to the clubs and just dance or enter battles and, you know, whatnot, mm-hmm. then I don't give a fuck how they look. Right. Just so as long as they get, like, as long as you can kind of tell what they're doing. Right. But eventually it's like, whatever, dude. Mm-hmm. You know? Now, if I get a student, they're like, next week they're fucking teaching. Mm-hmm. I'll be like, yo. Yeah. Let's sit down and really drill yeah. this because. You need to understand how to break this down. Yeah, if you can't show people different variations or different mm-hmm. ways this move looks, you should not be
1: fucking teaching right. this. And and there's a dangerous thing. Um, I've had this discussion with some people, and some people get it because they've traveled the world and they've run into this too. They go, "Yeah, I just came back from Korea, and I was teaching English for two years." And I and I look at them, and I go, "But." your English sucks. I mean, like, you are you were born and raised in America, and, you know, you have a very difficult time speaking yourself. And the person's like, yeah, I know. But it's <laughs> like, but when you're over there, they're just like, hey, can you, can you just speak English words? You're right. like, yes. It's like, okay, well, then teach. And you go, but I don't know what to teach them. And they're like, dude, they're 10. They don't fucking know this from Adam. So, here, we'll pay you money and put you up in a place and you just teach a bunch of, you know, 10 year olds how to speak English. And, and then there's like other folks that actually, you know, will go to school and they'll understand, you know, the, the essentials of said language, grammar, vocabulary, um, you know, sequence and order of, of how like words, um, need to be arranged. Um, you know, all these different things, they know all the rules. And then that way, then they can turn around and they can also explain something that's abstract. Like you'll have sometimes, um, this happens quite a bit with people who speak uh, multiple languages, where, you know, it, it, you, you've always seen this where it's like some kid who's like 11 has to bring, you know, their their parent or their grandparent even to like the DMV and like interpret for their, um, for their, their folks. And then the tough part about it is that you're sitting here trying to explain to an 11-year-old kid, like you're like, Okay, tell your grandmother that what she needs to do is she needs to go and get this, you know, ASPCA form. And the only way that she's going to be able to do that is if she can bring, you know, this document and do this, 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 and this. And then, like, you'll notice that he'll turn to grandma and just say, like, three words. Oh, yeah. He'll be like, yeah, he says no. (laughs) <laughs> you know, and and you're like motherfucker. I just told you specifically this is what she needs to do, and then yeah. all of a sudden, and and maybe she's like, you know, please, and she's like, I, I I beg you, please, just you know, help me to get you know this this license or this passport or the, this this or that and everything. And You're like, I just told your fucking okay. dumbass kid, yeah. you know, and he just decided to shorthand this shit. Mm-hmm. You can't do that mm-hmm. with, if you're really going to be teaching something. Uh, that's that's why I'm I'm like very very like. Specific when it comes down to, um, because I see this all the time in martial arts too. A person gets a little bit like proficient in something, and then they kind of take the the Jeet Kune Do approach where they go, "Oh, I I teach the style of no style, and I follow Bruce Lee's methodology and philosophy and all this other shit." I go, "That's cool, but you've never hit a live target, and you've never been hit before. Mm -hmm. So how are you qualified to teach self defense if you've never been in a fight?" or you've never had to really like, you know, cross hands with somebody. Well, I mean, I can imagine. I'm like, "Why? Because you emulate Bruce Lee and Jet Li and Jackie Chan. You've watched all their movies like a thousand times. So you think you know how combat is?" I'm like, "That's not what that is." Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the I actually will take more I'll, I'll give more credence to the guy who teaches like street self-defense because he's been in over like 47 bar fights because he knows. He's like, yeah, this is what happens. This is what happens when you get too close, and this guy has a screwdriver or a bottle or you know this or that or whatever. Um, but at the same time, a lot of people will say, well, even though I'm well seasoned in my street fights, I decided to go and enroll in like traditional martial arts so I could know how to explain this better and and teach this with better context yeah. because maybe the way that I'm doing it is great for other people who've been in bar fights. But I'm teaching, you know, a dad who is 47 years old and he's an accountant. Mm -hmm. How am I supposed to, like, get this through his skull about, you know, combatives and things? He's like, I'm just doing this for health. I'm just doing this because, you know, my wife is taking Pilates three nights a week, so I need to do something too, you Mm -hmm. know, and all that kind of shit. So it's like, so you have to understand your student. And the way that you understand your student first is you have to know yourself. You have to know what it is that you know, like, honestly and be objectively true about it. Mm-hmm. So if you're going like, to, like, the big thing with Bruce Lee, I always cite this, was that Bruce Lee didn't like teaching beginners. He, he would say all the lofty philosophies and be like, you know, you know, don't miss all that heavenly glory and all that shit. But the fact was he wanted people that were already seasoned enough to where he could kind of bring them up to speed because he needed active sparring partners. All right. You know, so he didn't take in, you know, somebody who was seven years old. No, you know, and but just think about like what kind of person maybe he would have been as a teacher, if he would have taken you know like all different uh, you know all different like aspects of of a spectrum. You know, he's like, hey, I know how to teach children. I know how to teach people who are older that can't move very well. I teach people who have you know maybe they're trying to get into shape. I know other people that um, maybe they were former athletes and they were injured, so I know how to like work with them. So that way they can like prehab rehab and, you know, get back into like a, a, decent, uh, shape for themselves. And then, you know, that person now they have a really good understanding. So like you were saying, like you watch a person just, you go, show me a scribble foot. And right off the bat, you, you see the holes, you see where their strengths are and you don't just like cut them down. You, you actually, you go, okay, you got the right rhythm. But what I notice is that you favor your left over your right. So after a couple of beats you start to like spiral or you start to fray out. Hmm. And eventually by the time that we get to like you know like a like a 16 count or like a um like two bars I notice that you start to lose your rhythm. And then you go into a different move because now you can't keep time with that. And it's like I want to see if you can do this for you know 32. Yeah. And, you know, it, but but it's, like, then there's other folks that are just, like, you know, hey, I'm, I kind of got, like, a good-looking scribble foot. Um, I'm going to go to Kansas and just start teaching, you yeah. know? Yeah. Like, I, I lived in San Francisco for, like, you know, a couple of months, and I picked up, like, one or two things at this one dance studio. Mm. Now I'm going to go out to the boonies, and I'm going to be the fucking god of the area. Yeah. And that, that's grossly irresponsible.
0: It is, you know, and, yeah, like, honestly from people that I've taught who eventually teach this dance, like I expect them to be able to drill the fuck out of every move. Right. You know, to know how to do it, you know, to, and to not fall out, to mm-hmm. not fall out of beat or to not fall out of rhythm. Mm-hmm. You know, scribble foot's a good example. Mm-hmm. Like how long can you really do it? Yeah. I could do it for a very fucking long time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, cause I've drilled the fuck out of it mm-hmm. to the point where it's like, it's, it's militant. Like mm-hmm. it's second nature now. Yeah. But, you know, that's also the kind of freak that I am. Mm-hmm. But I, it's a responsibility. Right. So I, I have to know how to do it. Yep. In my personal opinion, if you're going to teach something, whether it be dance, you have to know how to fucking stretch the point. You have to mm-hmm. know how to go past the limit. Yep. Because how are you going to have perspective, mm-hmm. you know, for your students? Right. And And I tell my students, too, like, for example, I don't really have anyone that's... I'm not teaching anyone at the moment that's trying to eventually teach this. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least, I don't know, maybe eventually they will. But mm-hmm. I, right off the bat, I say, hey, what are your goals yeah. with learning this? Mm-hmm. Are you trying to teach this eventually? Mm-hmm. Or are you just trying to dance? Or are you just trying to learn for fun at the moment? And then right. maybe eventually teach it. A lot of the times it's the third one, third option. Mm-hmm. Well, I just want to learn for fun, and you know, maybe I'll teach it in the beginning. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, Perfect. Well, I'm going to teach you the fun way about this. I'm going to mm-hmm. teach you the fun way. But once you feel like you're ready to teach this or you want to start doing it, yeah. come back to me because mm-hmm. now we have to work on something completely different. Right. We have to work. We have to work on like the mechanics, the yep. full out mechanics of this because it's, it's, it's different. Now. Mm-hmm. It's a different way of looking at it. Right. Because now you're not only dealing with technique, you're dealing with fucking choreo too. Mm-hmm. You know and that's a whole nother animal right that i'm personally still trying to understand as well because i fucking hate counting Mm -hmm. when i dance like i'm a am a freestyle head right that's my background i came from breaking you know where we don't fucking count Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know it's like it's let's go right (laughs) let's let's fucking go fuck this shit you know and and that's the way i've approached house that's the way i've approached uh rocking Mm -hmm. you know but thankfully through doing performances i learned how to do choreo right i'm not the best at it but I can hang. I could do right.
1: it. Right. Well, and you also um, because you you kind of like you you went and you cross trained in, in a different like a different type of medium for that. Mm. You were able to bring that back to house. Right. So you were able to create. You know, like so. I've I've seen your performance pieces where I can see clearly where you did the choreography for that that portion because mm. I see everybody else is like doing something in sync and that that's houseified. And I'm like, okay, so this is probably the part of the routine where, you know, Jay took a knee and then Ozzy took over on the choreography because mm-hmm. you know I'm seeing the, the house aspect or the rocking aspect of it, and then um, what's great about that is that once you, um, I, I learned this, I learned this a while back, how valuable and important things like, um, for instance, like speech classes, how Pivotal those are mm. they're really good for public speaking and also they're really good for learning things like stand-up comedy and they're great for podcasts and they're great for teaching you know being able to like orate and address an audience because there's a lot of bad habits that we have in our daily life that we don't realize that we do mm. for instance the um mm, um you know um you know what i'm saying oh um no man no you know what i mean i mean like people throw a little nervous ticks into their speech every day which is fine because if you're talking to somebody on the block you know and you're brown paper bagging it you know nobody fucking cares but if you're gonna stand and you're gonna do like a ted talk and you're sitting here going like you know what i'm saying because you know it's just about like you know man it's just like the thing with the f- you know what i'm saying and they go i don't know what you're saying because you didn't fucking explain it yet <laughs> you sat there and you said no nah, i mean no what I'm, ex- nah, I'm saying for like the first like 10 minutes and then finally you were like yeah breaking." Um now I'm saying <laughs> you know <laughs> and um and and you get that shit, you know, like in every medium I mean I've seen skaters that also had that problem where they will be asked to teach like a like a demo um very similar to like what we do in in uh in dance, like a lot of skaters would go to some place like Sweden or you know Finland or you know Africa or this place or that place. And actually have to teach a concept like, you know, I'm going to have to teach you how to do a kickflip. And they have to know how to explain it. They can't just go, all right, so what you do is you just like you stand on the board and you jump and you suck your, your feet up into your, your body and let the board flip. And then you land on the bolts and you ride away. Mm-hmm. Right. That's like the way that you can talk to your peers about it because they all get what you mean because they've all been skating for a couple of years. Right. But now you're trying to explain this to a kid in Uganda. You know, you have to really, like, break down everything that you take for granted. And that's the, the Rodney Mullen thing, right? Of being able to put everything together, assemble it, you know, cube by cube and piece by piece. And then once you've mastered it, you put, a, like, a tablecloth over it. And now it's all second nature. But at any given time, if somebody says, well... I've never done this before, so how do you do this? You're able to take the tablecloth off and like square by square, piece by piece, bring it back to a, a beginner and say, this is what I mean by that. This is what I'm talking about, about shoulder placement, about mm-hmm. you know foot distribution, about your weight, where you're standing on the board, where you're looking. Are you looking down at the ground? Are you looking forward? Are you looking off to the side? All these things have an effect. And I think that teachers sometimes... If they, the, you know, there's like that saying about like those who can't do teach. It's kind of funny because it, I I feel like almost like it's like the opposite. A lot of people who think that they know teach, it's a safe play for them mm-hmm. because it gives them like a, a sense of like, oh, I'm, I can do it's this. sense of power. Yeah. And you I, know? and I, and I have the ability to show all these people and, you know, I'm like this tenured professor where I get to like sit in academia and just, you know do my thing and everybody thinks I'm amazing and then one day they get called out in the cipher because maybe one of the students that shows up in their class is an expert and they're like I just need this for the credit so Spanish is my second language I speak it just as good as my first language and I just need to blast through this so I can get you know my my doctorate or whatever and I'm hearing you speak Spanish and it sounds like shit but nobody can pull your card because you're in, you know, Kansas or wherever. And, of course, there there's going to be a, a few people that maybe can kind of raise an eyebrow, but they're just like, ah, fuck it, good enough. Mm. You know, it's not like we're in, you know, Bogota or someplace like that where, you know, everyone's going to hear what you're saying and it's going to sound very like, you know, like nails across a chalkboard. But you might get to a place where you, like you sit there and you watch the person and you indulge them and they say yeah because you know I because I I know how to speak uh, you know this perfect spanish or whatever and you go actually grammatically what you're saying is you sound like a 4-year-old <laughs> and i i've heard that happen like numerous times with people i've i've heard people even that have explained dance concepts and I would have to check myself sometimes too because there'd be times where I would explain something and then I'd realize in retrospect, I'm like, I think I said that wrong or I think I explained that in reverse. And then I might go to you and, and be like, did, did that seem, did that seem correct? And you were like, well, sort of, but I think that was better for somebody who understands. But you were like, you were doing this for like a complete beginner so they they don't fucking even get your point of reference. Can you imagine if I was like,
0: Yeah, what the fuck were you saying? Yeah. <laughs> I was kidding, I was kidding. Well Oh no, I would never say that. But no. like, you know, it would be funny as
1: hell if that ever came to my right. point where I'm like,
0: what the fuck were you just teaching that guy? Yeah.
1: <laughs> but you know, that that's the that's the thing about you know, even being actualized within yourself is First and foremost, you have to look to other people to hold you accountable, but also what shows your character is you being able to hold you accountable as well. Because yeah, not everybody's going to be around. Or sometimes people don't want to hurt your feelings. They don't want to say something like, well, 90% of what you were just teaching that kid was bullshit. Yeah. Right? You know, I've, I've heard, my, my favorite one that I've heard when people really don't want to fucking deal with any of it is, hey man, you were just, you were doing your thing. You know, you, you do you. <laughs> I'm just like i only say that
0: to people that are fucking hard-headed you know, yeah. that don't want to listen to my right right do you then yep. you know like whatever dude. right at the end of the day i'm gonna go home and i'm not gonna think about you at all right
1: but it's like if if i ask somebody honestly the reason why i ask them to begin with is not because i don't want them to reinforce my ego by telling you what i want to hear much like you uh you're golfing uh uh, buddy, uh, yeah, you know he like he wants to objectively know so he can make his game better. Yeah, So if I turn around and I say, well, the way that I was explaining that, I, I feel like I'm missing the mark because my student or the person that I was working with wasn't quite getting it. Mm-hmm. So is my approach bad? Was I teaching the rhythm yeah. wrong, or was I looking for the wrong thing or what? And then maybe like you might point out you might say, okay, this person has never danced before. So you're teaching an absolute beginner, and you're explaining to them the the essence of like loose a, legs, a loose legs, legs, like a heel toe yeah. and a pivot, and how to engage the hips. Yeah. And it's like maybe the first thing that you need to work on is just the heel step, the heel, heel step, toe. or yeah. where they need they just need to step, mm-hmm. like in a place. Like don't even worry about like the heel toe aspect right now. Just get them to go north, south, east, west, mm-hmm. exactly. and then you know, and then after the north, south, east, west, now you can put some pepper on it and make it. You know more aesthetic and things as so. an
0: instructor it's okay to show humility yeah actually I, I, that's even more respectable when, right when instructors show humility because mm-hmm. there are times i'm like fuck dude i don't think i taught that shit right right like and then like case in point there is it was like a few years ago mm-hmm. i could not teach the train for the hell of me mm-hmm. like for the life of me mm-hmm. uh, i could not teach it mm-hmm. like it was it was too hard i i couldn't Quite articulated the way Zach Win could. Mm-hmm. You know, Zach was fucking excellent at teaching that. Mm-hmm. And there are some cases to where I do think like Zach is a better teacher than me in a lot of things, like mm-hmm. especially the choreo aspect of house. Right, he's got that in the bag. Yep. That's why. That's why I'm encouraging a lot of people here who I respect and admire, who I've seen put in the work and have have paid the dues mm-hmm. and continue to pay the dues to teach. Mm-hmm. Because, dude, like. Now, if they feel unconfident, then so this is like for any of you guys that are listening already. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't feel confident about teaching, come come work with me. Right. You know, like I will work with you on on how to teach this dance, right? Or like exactly my approach to mm-hmm. it, and you take whatever it is that you like that for the methods that I teach, mm-hmm. and then stir up your own thing or or copy it out. Right. a Fuck, you know, like figure it out. But I think there should be more teachers here in Minnesota. Yeah, because. It can't only be me, right? You know, like one thing I, that I see that's pretty cool that's happening is you know, like Herb. I know that Herb teaches um like a house segment at Two Dance in St. Paul, mm-hmm. and I didn't know that at first until he asked me, "Hey, can you set my house class?" <laughs> I'm like, "What?" <laughs> I'm like, "Well, I can at the moment, but you know, maybe hit up like Turnstile or mm-hmm. Zach Win or anyone. Hit mm-hmm. these guys up. Maybe they can." Right. Uh, he's like, "Okay, no worries." <laughs> no or no he's like, "Yeah, I'll hit them up." Mm-hmm. Um, but that's cool. Yeah. You know, and. I think Lydia from New Black City, I think she's going to start teaching it. Mm-hmm. And she's been fucking traveling yeah. for this stuff. Like, mm-hmm. she's she's been on the run with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope she show, comes through to sessions yeah. um, more often or comes out to club nights so that mm-hmm. we can just get down and, you know, just vibe and stuff like yeah. that. But I know she's putting in work. Yeah. You know, and, I, and I know she's, like, re- been really in the house lately, mm-hmm. which is dope. Yeah. You know? and It's... And here's the thing, you know, to all you Minnesota dancers, dude, like I'm obviously not a dick on purpose. Mm -hmm. You know, like if, if you ever have any questions about house or how you're feeling about it, just come and talk to me, Mm -hmm. you know, like don't get all weird. The minute you throw a house workshop and then it's like, you're all weird towards me all of a sudden. Right. I'm like, if anything, I don't give a fuck. Right. (laughs) Like, dude, that's, you throw a house workshop, you throw a house class perfect, great. Mm-hmm. And just know that I'm not the one that's saying shit about you. It's right. the people around you that are saying shit about you, right. that are saying, wow, why is this person teaching house? Right? You know, like, people come to me and they're like, you see this person teaching house? I'm like, great, yeah, I don't give a fuck. Right. <laughs> like, you know, cool, mm-hmm. whatever, you know, like, teach each his own. Mm-hmm. If they're really faking the funk, people will know.
1: Yeah. They can't hide, you can't hide that shit. Right, no, and, and I think that you... You also hit like another nail on the head, which is, um, the kind of, kind of like a really bad habit that seems to exist in just culture and society is the, uh, the culture of outrage where people are so offended, like all oh, the audacity of that person to teach, you know, this, and it's like, and what they're and exactly what you're talking about. They will talk to everybody else about it except for the person that they perceive as to be the problem which ironically makes them into the problem mm-hmm. because that person is showing up and they're teaching, you know, five nights a week. What the fuck are you doing? Right. Besides sitting, you know, in the background, rolling your eyes and tisking and, you know, sucking through your teeth and passively saying shit or putting stuff online and, you know, kind of dishing out that poison and the sad part about it is that if you, if you disagree with somebody, um, I, I had, I had this, this happen, um, a couple years back. Um, I'm not going to name names just because out of respect for the situation, I'm like, it, the, the politicization of it doesn't fucking matter to me. Um, or putting someone on blast or any of that kind of stuff. But what does matter to me is when a person will walk up to me and go, hey, Styles, you know, do you know that, uh, you know, so-and-so is doing this. And I go, yeah. And they're like, well, you better check them because blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, number one, I'm not their daddy. It's not my responsibility. And I go, number two, if you got such a big fucking problem with it, why don't you go talk to them? It's like, well, because I want to sit back here and whisper and, you know, laugh at them and point at them. And I I want you, basically what they want to do is they want to be validated and reinforced in the fact that they're shitting on this person. I'm like, if you honestly think that person's doing a poor job or they need to fix something or they need to do this or that, go talk with them. And this is a problem that I really get. Um, I, I've, I've had like a super short fuse with people who will go out of their way to fight almost like it's almost like they're going to fight everybody else in the room except for their enemy. All right. you know They're going to bring that poison and that bad blood and now it, the entire thing is, like, awkward. And then finally one day they might get drunk and be like, you know that I've fucking hated you for the last five years? And the person's like, really? <laughs> Everybody else is like, yeah, yeah, he's hated you forever. And it's like, <laughs> oh, because every time I saw him, he was nothing but smiles and high fives and hugs and, yo, bro, how you doing? Good to see you, da 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 And then as soon as that person would leave, man, man this motherfucker. You know, and the, I, I, I've never liked that. Because as a dancer, but also as a martial artist, it's always been about like, if, if you're not fond of me and I'm not fond of you, then we need to settle this. And it doesn't mean that we have to, you know, come to blows and, you know, break each other's noses or arms or anything else like that. But we do need to like, wait until everybody leaves the dojo, close the door and sit down and have a conversation, a serious conversation. And then that person can say whatever is in their heart and in their mind Mm -hmm. And then at that point, my responsibility is to take what they have to say in consideration. And maybe, maybe they might have misperceived, like, for instance, like my intentions. They might think that I'm, you know, I'm doing this because I've got some ulterior motive or whatever. But then, like, once I actually hear what they're saying, I go, okay, well, I understand your concern, and I can see how you might have perceived that, but that's actually not my intent. And once you have that adult conversation with a person... And then maybe you're able to put in like your two cents about it and say, well, this was actually my goal for this. This wasn't to do this. It wasn't to embarrass you, to upstage you. It wasn't to try to take over the scene and make myself seem like I'm a badass or any of that kind of shit. It was simply because, you know, I was in this position. Somebody said, hey, can you teach here? And you're like, okay, is there anybody else that can teach? And it's like, no, not that I know of. And you're like, okay, I guess I can do it. And then there's like five teachers that'll pop up and go, what the fuck? What about me, bro? You know, right. and then, and now what they're doing is they're sitting around talking all this mad shit. And, um, the, the problem is that this mentality is not new as much as people want to make it into like, it just popped up yesterday or some shit because of social media. No, this has been going on in Chinatowns forever. You know, this has been going on in all kinds of different circles forever where people are like, oh, did you hear that some new upstart? opened up a school like five blocks down from you. You're the guy that teaches, you know, green dragon Kung Fu. And all of a sudden this fucking dude who's like fresh off the boat, he's teaching green dragon Kung Fu. You going to put up with that? Mm-hmm. We need to send our students over there and, and shut them down rather than like have a conversation with the guy and see where that person's at and then go, Oh, actually you trained under, you know, my Sifu Sifu. So, okay, we're related. And, okay, cool. You know, you got the west side of, you know, town. I've got the east side of town. If you have any questions, if there's ever a time where you want me to sub for you, let me know. I'll I'll be happy to to help out. That's the
0: way to go about it. Right. I think we can all offer something in our own perspective. Mm -hmm. Basics will always be basics, but at the end of the day, what the student will truly learn is who you are as an instructor. Right. I don't – again – I want more instructors, more house dance instructors to mm-hmm. pop up here in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Like, the issue that's happened in the past is that there will be one that will pop up, right? Mm-hmm. And again, it's not me that's talking shit about them. It's right. the people around them that's yeah. talking shit about them that are coming to me right? and looking for that validation of shit-talking, mm-hmm. right? And I'm just like, dude, whatever. right? Now, the issue is that all of a sudden I get put into a gatekeeping situation where I'm like, I told you guys, I don't give a flying Mm -hmm. fuck. Yep. (laughs) And then the, see, the only time I actually really care Mm -hmm. is if that instructor who popped up out of nowhere is talking shit about me, Mm -hmm. like saying who the fuck, you know, fucking, I was a gatekeeping, like, you know, thinking he's the only house dance instructor here or, Mm -hmm. you know, because I'm new to this, you know, first of all, who fuck are you? Right. (laughs) Like what the hell just happened here? Right. You know, like, I was on the golf course, just hitting a putt. And the next thing I get a text of, like, get a video of you just talking hella shit. Right. Like, what the fuck is going on, dude? Right. <laughs> you know, like, pff, all right, nope. Yep. That's the only time I have an issue, and that's the right. time I, I like. That's the time you bring that side out of me, where I'll mm-hmm. fucking end you.
1: you yeah. Know? And sorry. And and even then, um, there's a there's a point where it's like, there's a point where you you almost like in it in like as you're talking to this person, you're like, listen, I respect you. I respected everything that you did until you decided to do this sideways snake shit. And then at that point, I was kind of like, wow, like, like I really, it, it's it's almost like how, you know, sometimes like parents will say that shit where they, they go like, I'm not mad, but I'm really disappointed. And you're like, fuck, why don't you just put a bullet in my head? You know, mm-hmm. did you have to say that to me? Because now I have to like, skulk by you every day like for breakfast and i have to like look at that that look in your eyes where, where you're like you're not grounded but i really thought better of you and you totally like let me down and um when you when you have those types of discussions with people especially if it's closed door rather than you know everybody's balls are like you know in they they show up in a dump truck when they're on social media but i'm like i'm like no seriously like have a sit down conversation. Don't blow up, you know, right. their social media or anything it's, else. It's that simple.
0: Yeah. It's that it's honestly that easy. Right. Like if you really have an issue with someone, fuck social media. Yeah. Like just have a conversation. Right. Now okay. If you tried, mm-hmm. and if you have the receipts yeah. of you trying to reach out, right, then by all means, let that shit pop off, yeah. <laughs> you know, because yeah. that will be entertaining, right? But I mean, dude, like first and foremost, I think people should be adults and just mm-hmm. communicate, right? You know, just reach out to them on a personal level and be like, right. hey, here's what the situation is. Mm-hmm. Can we talk this through? Like, it's it's plain and simple.
1: Yeah, I don't know. And diplomacy. There's there's a lot of merit to it, because like what you're saying before about the Minnesota scene, we need um, just like in, in your work scene, right? Like with uh, Caspian Group, we need to consolidate because consolidation is it's it's excellent. It, you know, the high tide raises all ships. So you might say, well, that person or that that realtor group, they're my competitor. But simultaneously, I can't I can't close this deal. So I have a good rapport with you here. I'm going to let you know about this listing mm-hmm. and be like, Hey, you know, do you want to go ahead and talk to this client? Because I've, I've got a full boat right now. I'm like really super busy and I know that you need the business. Right. So I figure, you know, I can help you out and do you a solid here and um, just kick me a referral fee. Yeah. Or, or, you know, if, uh, if anything ever happens that's like beyond your capabilities and you want to send somebody my way when times are, are, are thin or mm. when it's a little bit dry over here, then, I'd greatly yeah. appreciate it. Same with DJing. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of DJ groups where they get, like, really shitty about, like, other people's parties and are like, you know, fuck those guys and, you know, who don't go over there. They're whack. They play whack music and this and this. But I'm the kind of person where if I've got, like, a good relationship with everybody, then um, if there's a situation where in which, um, you know, I'm not able to make that gig, like, I can't I can't play in two places at once, I'm like, hey, you know what? You 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 brought me on last month to play your party, so I'd be more than happy to let you know. Hey, guess what? There's an opening at this thing. I, I had to pass on this gig. Would you like it? Mm-hmm. You know, you're the first person that came to mind because of the fact that you helped me out.
0: Yeah, at the end of the day, we all need each other, right? You know, so why don't we keep that positive flow going? Right, because you know, it's like there's no point in cutting each other down. Right, and it never works. Mm-mm. Honestly, like it it truly never works to cut your competition out. Right. You know, if anything, it's just, you want to, you're, yeah, we're competitors, mm-hmm. but you want to work with your competitors. Right. Because at the end of the day, who makes you better? Your competitors. Exactly. You know, you guys make each other better. So you might as right. well just keep winning. Right. Keep on upping each other, keep winning mm-hmm. together, you know, because I mean, dude, like if there was no competition, fuck, mm-hmm. life would suck.
1: Right. I mean, it was <laughs> like the boring. the line that uh, Nietzsche said about um, what's left for you at the top of the mountain besides lightning. Right. Right. So, you know, if you're sitting here pushing and kicking and scraping to like outdo everybody else, and then you get to the top and the air is really thin and everybody else is looking at you, like they're waiting for you to fuck up. Mm -hmm. That's not a good place to be, you know? And we've seen that happen in, I, I think like another prime example of that was like the, um, the, uh, the situation that happened with, uh, all those, um, uh, all those rich folks that, uh, that died in the, um, Uh, in that Titanic expedition or whatever, and you could just see the character of a lot of people because you had people that were just like, yeah, fuck them, ha-ha, and then, you know, they're saying all this, like, really callous shit. And I'm going, like, I'm going, like, yo, like, whether they had money or not, whether you perceive them as being, like, you know, the top 1% or any of that kind of stuff, just think about, like, if you were a father and a son together in that same, like, capsule of death, Mm -hmm. and you know that in a few moments it's going to be, like, the last time that you're ever going to, you know, you know, live, you're going to take one breath and then you're fucking dead. You're not going to go see your mom. You're never going to hug your right. dog. Like, you're never going to see your wife or your other kids. Mm-hmm. It's like that. So wishing that kind of shit on anybody is it. Ironically, as much as it feels like it's something, you know, like, you know, you feel like you, you got some kind of, it's, in,
0: it's inhumane. Yeah. You know,
1: it's evil. It's evil right. as fuck. You know, right. like
0: I don't wish, I don't wish that, worse things than anyone right. right because at the end of the day they're they're human they're mm-hmm. creatures at the mm-hmm. end of the day you know and it's like they have families too yep people love them they love people mm-hmm. just like we do yep yeah, you know, it's like fuck dude it's it's yeah. terrible like right. that whole that whole situation was fucking terrible right you know like because dude you're not going to take all that money to the grave for you at the end of right. the day look what happened like none of the fact that they were billionaires they didn't mean
1: shit right
0: they're gonna fucking
1: die. <laughs> and, it, and, and it was, and you know, and, and even like the idea that everybody else had warned, kind of the main, the main guy. He was kind of a, he was kind of a very much like you know, nothing ventured, nothing gained. I can, you know, whatever. And everyone like warned him. They mm-hmm. said, hey man, this this vessel is not capable of doing this. This needs to be fixed. That needs to be fixed. You need to do this, this, and this. And, they, and he was so, like, foolhardy about it. They just said, all right, fine, fuck it, I quit. They, like, they, everybody was, like, stepping away from this this cat. And he was still conning other people and being, like, don't worry, I can, you know, I can make this work. And that's a very dangerous place to be because people are trusting you. And the same thing happens in the communities. Like, we've seen this time and time again with, like, a lot of dancers and pioneers and innovators and stuff who believe a little bit too much in their own legend Mm -hmm. and they don't have enough, they don't have enough um, objective people around them. And this happens quite a bit when you're successful is that you start to isolate yourself and surround yourself with all the yes people, but never the people that tell you no, or the second guess you or say, you know, Hey, it's my, it's my obligation, you know, kind of like a, like a submarine commander. They always have like their, their, their second in command who's like, we both have to unanimously be on the same page if we're both going to turn our key and mm-hmm. make this sub, you know, launch a nuclear uh, ballistic missile, right? So I have to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that we're really at war and this needs to happen. But what if you're just having a bad fucking day and mm-hmm. I just realized that you got, like, you know, divorce papers before we, like, set off to sea and I know that you're morally and mentally and emotionally compromised. It's my objective. It's my duty to be the voice of reason and say i'm sorry captain i can't turn my key mm. right and we have to do that for people we have to do that for our friends and our family we have to like let people know you know who we love and who we care for and even people we don't know it's like i might not know you but you're a human being all right well you know
0: you, you know very well when someone's gonna fuck up yeah
1: so it's best to at least give your input and if they mm-hmm. decide to keep going then let them go yeah and and then of course what usually happens with folks when they when they get into that uh into that perspective and that mindset is they kind of feel like, okay, well, I got to double down because I can't go back. Mm-hmm. I can't, I, because it's, it, it's at that point, it's almost like their, their humility. It's almost like they've shot their hum uh, their humble side directly in the head. And they said, okay, I burned my ships. There's no going back. It's either all or nothing. And what's dangerous about that mindset is that they had outs originally. All you have to do is just stop and kind of kick yourself in the head and go, fuck, man, yeah, maybe uh, maybe I was teaching that the wrong way. And mm. because I had too many students around me that were all telling me yes and telling me I'm a legend or whatever, I couldn't I, I couldn't think with, you know, clear judgment. But you go off with a buddy that you've known for 25, 30 years. They set you straight. And, and you say, hey, you know, th- am I doing this right or am I kind of like leading the flock astray? And the person goes, I think you're fucking up right now <laughs> because of this. Yeah and they don't and because of the fact that they're not doing it in public it also doesn't make you feel embarrassed and to the point where you have to like try to keep your students faith in you and confidence by like doubling down mm. it's like you go well cuz no one else is around you can tell me the truth and then maybe next week i change the syllabus yeah. maybe i change my lesson plan maybe i say okay class i know that we were working on this but i realized that that wasn't exactly the best route so we're going to go over here now mm-hmm. and everyone's like okay cool cuz i i was struggling with this mm-hmm. so is you you feel like this is going to make us like all of us better as dancers i'm like i'm, I'm hoping so yeah. so if you guys are willing to work with me um you know we're going to try to see if we can course correct this yeah. but most of the time folks are just on that That doubling down shit where they're just like, yo, I don't want to like lose face in front of people. Mm. And because they, they don't want to lose face, they actually lose like everything. Mm. And it's, it's a very, it's a very sad and dangerous place to be because, you know, as people, we, we need to be able to have that ability to be objective within ourselves. And also if, if someone's truly your friend and they value your opinion, they're going to want the objective side too. They're going to want you to tell them the truth, Mm -hmm. you know?
0: Well, let's leave it out there. Yeah. Let's leave on that good note. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh thank you all for uh tuning in to another episode of Styles and
1: Driss. And uh keep in mind for those events that we are, they're going to be coming up. Yep. Um we'll have things uh posted on the Styles and Dress um Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um so uh yeah, we'll have all those dates and everything. Yeah, the description will honestly
0: just be the dates. Yeah. <laughs> of so these events, so Nothing fancy, nothing weird in the description. Just look out for the dates so uh, you know what's going on. Yeah. All right, everyone.
1: Have a good night. All right. Peace, love, and house.